The super objective was is transcend your ego. So every time I say hi to her, just say hi. I've already won. Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Hello and welcome. Today, I have the pleasure of a very special podcast guest. Thanks for having me. I did a little setup here in Barcelona in my apartment yeah. and I want to welcome John Keegan. Thank you. Man. Coach, uh, good friend by now. We know each other quite for a while now. Eight years or so. Um, maybe and more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And we've been teaching on many workshops together. That's right. And I also remember listening in on you coaching when I was still a cameraman. Yeah. <laughs> and it was very funny. You have yeah. a very unique teaching style. Mm -hmm. And I guess, yeah, we want to talk about mainly street approaching but we want to get a little bit further in this podcast we don't just want to talk about specific pickup stuff we want to see the bigger picture of this whole thing mm -hmm. i think that's a good topic for that interview yeah, i do too no i couldn't talk to any girl on the street uh, i couldn't talk to a girl in a bar or club unless i was wasted and then by the time i got around to what's now called day game i didn't call it that it wasn't called that how did you did you make it up by yourself or well i mean we all have our story of how we discovered it yeah of? Yeah. But maybe you didn't have to discover it. Well, yeah, um, I mean, there was... T all right, well, I could tell you. All right. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, there was obviously... Every guy wants to meet women, right? Yes. So now it's become more of a system. There's more systems and processes, and it became even uh, an industry, so to speak. But it wasn't then. But there was always some guy somewhere in the histories of time, and there was some naturals around meeting girls at coffee shops. We just didn't know them. Mm -hmm. But one day, I was in an acting workshop and enrolled a guy that looked like Clint Eastwood in about his 50s who came in from Beverly Hills. And he said, I'm going to uh, you know, do real estate out there, but I'm I'm going to produce my first movie and I want you to be in it. And I said, and I was like, all right, let's do it. He said, I'm driving down to Miami tomorrow. Can you go? And I said, yeah, because I quit my job. So let's go. And I'm on it sounds like Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Kind of so I, I jumped in his 1970-something Jaguar. That happened? Yeah, this happened. And we drove down to Miami. All right. And uh, So you were just uh, infected by his charisma. Super charismatic. One of the most charismatic human right. beings. Probably a sociopath. No. No? No. All right. His name was John Garrett. Okay. Now since passed, okay. right? Uh, was he, he wasn't a sociopath, but he was so charismatic he could get people to do anything, wow. but he would hardly follow through at the end. That was <laughs> yeah. his downfall. But nonetheless, what he was a genius at uh, was meeting people anywhere and everywhere. And that's why we became, we became, I, he became friends. We'd walk down the street and he would play the fool and he would just start talking to girls. Mm -hmm. Now he was in his fifties, handsome and he, but he had all the, all the confidence and charm to turn on any girl, 20 year old, wow. this, that. Then we were, this is way, this is too early, you know, early two thousands oh. going into the whole foods and the yeah. aisle four. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. <laughs> right. And I, and I said, and I, and I, I just, noticed he would do it but he wouldn't show me how to do it mm -hmm. and he didn't know how to show me how to do it right. but he just had fun having my energy there gave him the confidence to do it it gave oh, him like wow. i was like his wingman or something you know i yeah. didn't know it but that's what was going on so but i was watching him and i just saw him doing this and i was like wow 
And then we would go into like a coffee shop and he tells some hot young girl, I'm making this movie. Blah, blah, blah. We need someone to run, you know, be my, you know, uh, director of this or whatever. Yeah. And then so all of a sudden some girl give up her whole life working on this movie for a month, you know? Yeah, wow. So it was like this kind of, you know, crazy charisma. <laughs> madman. Yeah, yeah madman. All right. All right but nonetheless, so, and we actually, because I, you know, then being around him would give me some extra confidence. And we actually met girl, you know, I started to learn a little bit. You know, time went by. That movie uh, was never finished. It's, I, I have actually, he died, and someone in his uh, family gave me all the tapes of the movie. <laughs> I have it at home. Maybe one day I'll finish it. So I then spent some years by myself afterwards, okay. and just so you, to, that was a shifting moment for you because you realized, oh my god, I don't have to drink and I don't have to be this famous actor to get girls. I can literally just. Talk to them at Whole Foods? Yeah, and I can so just he walk gave down you the street. That. Yeah. It often, like, it's kind of crazy, thinking back for me, obviously it was different because YouTube was around by then. I saw yeah. some infield videos, so that's yeah. what gave me the idea. But then trying out alone, even though I knew there's people somewhere doing it, I, I was still freezing up when I tried. Yeah. And then only when I really met James, Tony back then, Liam, mm. in real life, hanging out next to them, walking down the street mm. next to them, seeing them approach, then it was like, ah, then it clicked for me as well. So it really is crazy how you kind of need, even though the internet is around now and you can watch videos all day long and you see that you kind of need somebody next to you to really get that shift, right? Yeah. It's almost like standing next to someone who has a really good physique and you're like... I should go to the gym. <laughs> it's kind of like... Yeah, and it's not just anybody, right? Yeah. Okay, those guys you just mentioned are really like the pinnacle. Yeah. Know? So it's like, there you, you you know, there's a whole story we can talk about is, is that you, uh, you know, found yourself next to those people mm. in, in, very, in a very determined way. Mm. And in some way, I wanted to find myself next to someone like that my whole life and there was seen to me. So having someone, and, and I think that is a big part of the coaching. Like a lot of times I noticed over the years when I was coaching, I would meet different people that never saw someone like I saw that guy. And then they'd see me be like that. And then they'd be like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. It was yeah. simply like that. Yeah. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, it's, somebody yeah. just gives you permission to do it. Yeah, it's permission. And yeah. then you have to give yourself permission. Yes. Which a lot of guys don't. How can you give yourself permission? Well, I think you have to say, hey, I give myself permission to uh, play the fool, uh, to go outside of my comfort zone, to not be like people say, oh, that's not me, to, to explore who I am beyond what I know. Mm -hmm. So when you there is no, there's not me. There's, there's, you have a desire. I want to date this, uh, very attractive women. I want to date more women. I want to, uh, certain kinds of women to see me as attractive and you have to align with your desire. One of the most important things you can do in this life is break free from that egoic mind that's telling you you're not enough, that now's not the time, that she's not enough, whatever it is that, that's keeping you defined in a box. To mm -hmm. break free from that, you know, every time the wall comes up to push through it. Yeah. That's one of the most important things a man yes. can do in his entire life. And well, you and I were talking about this before. Yeah. Which is... Which, because as you said, the wall break through, right? As a man, 
we have walls in so many areas of life, especially if you're a man who kind of comes from nothing, humble family. I don't know how you grew up, right? Mm. Me, nice, Austria, no complaints, but humble, right? Yeah. Uh, no real mentors in that mm. sense uh, in any, like, masculine area. I never had, like, you know, the uncle who shows me how to be at social events or how to right. light a cigar, how to dress, or how to play soccer. I never had that cousin who who works out a lot and takes me to the jiu-jitsu class, anything like that. I kind of had to figure it all out by myself. And as you say, breaking through, you have to break through showing up to the jiu-jitsu class, pushing in the gym, you know, keep going at that thing, or pushing through at your job, staying up extra late to get that job done, and so on. So there's a lot of different areas where you have to push through. And as you said, we talked about this earlier, day game is kind of this, how we call it, approaching, seducing women uh, is kind of the ultimate breaking through because why are we doing all those other things anyway, Mm -hmm. right? Why do we want to build a physique? Sure, to feel good ourselves, but we want to impress someone. Why do we work extra hard in a job to eventually have a higher value woman liking us so it's kind of like it is a bit of a shortcut isn't it to just go to the girl directly without all this other stuff well i think exactly what you're saying like men have built empires cities or many men imagine that i when i become rich when i have the perfect body when i finish uh, my first book when i whatever get that role in that yeah. tv show in the future I will be me. Yeah. It's, my, it's a disease of the mind that we, many men have, that all, all men have. And some men have successfully succeeded in creating millions of dollars and this and that, and yet their social skills and yet their um, interpersonal skills and yet their dating life uh, is, is in the toilet. Uh, it's completely disconnected. Uh, yet even as they were building all of that, all they wanted was that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and this are the, so it's and not, you would know because you're coaching those guys because you're coaching in New York City where yes. on paper one of the most successful people on the planet are living right? yeah you get a lot of different uh, walks of life in New York and uh, I've been a uh, you know what you call high end coach so to speak yeah. uh, for most of my coaching career and yeah so I've gotten the great fortune to work with some of the smartest people in the world in all different fields uh, and it's super cool so no complaints but the point I just wanted to make that final yes. so yeah so I would know and plus we've worked with all kinds of guys all around the world so but the point is is most guys are avoiding the very specific thing so you could even say oh John you're an actor should I take an acting class to mm-hmm. get good at this hey taking an acting class because you want to be an actor is a great idea mm-hmm. taking an acting uh, an improv Improvisation class to have fun, uh, experience the joy of what it feels like to be uh, in an improvisation is an amazing idea. Uh, it won't make you good at meeting women uh, anywhere and everywhere. However, being good at improv will make you better at improving with women when you're meeting them. Yeah, but in a way, so you gotta meet them. Yeah, I became a much better improvisational artist just by talking to, to women anywhere and everywhere all day long. You know, that's right. when I really got good at it. Well, for and I was already good at that, mm-hmm. but I really. T- tapped into something uh, then. But the point is, is directly, it's not a shortcut, it's a direct cut to exactly what you want to be. You actually align with you with who you are. Yeah. When I s- stand, and when you stand, 
And this is what I learned, and, you, and I learn any time I, I, I meet someone new, is when I stand in front of someone else and I'm being authentic, I'm being real, I genuinely want to connect with you, uh, there's, a bit, of, uh, there's a, a bit of vulnerability there. Yeah, you're kind of looking into a bit, the, the, the abyss. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's scary. Yeah, and when a beautiful woman that you desire, that you have that energy, you know, like, uh, you know, adrenaline, yeah. when you looking back at you, That's when you see. She looked like a mirror right at you, like, yes. and she's there. She's like a mirror, and usually what it sends back to you is exactly what you're insecure about. Yes, you didn't work out for two months. You yeah. aren't rich enough. You, yeah. whatever you're focused, obsessed about, why the bullshit story, why you're not enough. She sends it back mm -hmm. right at you. Yes, great and teachers. Great teachers, and he, she may not know that she's doing it. Yeah. She may not even be doing it. Yeah. You're doing it to yourself, yes. and 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 that's. Why it's not just like, that's why I never particularly, I understand we have to say, call things something, day game. Okay, there it is, done, right? Yeah. But it always felt so trivial and small to me. It's yeah. a game. Me too, it's, it feels wrong saying yeah, it. Yeah, it's basically like we're, the idea is, is we're meeting and connecting with people, mm -hmm. beautiful people, and all people, anywhere and everywhere at any time. It's just this, this like you're, what saying is, is I'm present in my life and I'm ready to uh, and I'm ready to meet and connect with people as I'm walking in the door and they're walking out as uh, someone's walking by me and or uh, as I'm when I'm sitting down uh, waiting for a train and someone's sitting next to me in uh, in while I'm in line at the Starbucks it's saying I'm more alive than I used to be mm. I'm not like Like we're all in this line, like we're going, when I get there, then I'll do the thing. When, and instead, we're just in our head all the time. So it's basically saying, I'm going to escape my, my mind. I'm going to be present more and more in my life. And I'm going to meet people along the way. So this process becomes very powerful in the sense that you become extremely present, developing presence, which... Presence means people look at you when you walk in a room. This guy's mm -hmm. only alive. Yeah. People say that. Like when we walked down the street, uh, we had a group of uh, guys that we met. They said, man, you guys are more, uh, you could just tell yeah, when you walk in the room. Yeah, there's something more different yeah. about you. Yeah, because mm -hmm. all our channels are on, man. Yes. We're like tuned on. Yeah. We're ready. Yes. Uh, so that's what it does for you in that sense. So it doesn't just make you good at meeting women on a street corner. It doesn't just make you, it makes you good in your business. If you're a doctor, you're better with your patients. If it makes you learn to, to love yourself and accept mm -hmm. yourself on a deeper level through the process of simply sometimes just wanting to get laid. Simp I just want to have a girlfriend to talk to. Yeah. I just, yeah. I, I just want to have a romantic experience in a city and not just be a tourist. Yeah, just walk million people yeah. walking by Just me. have a lovely text from a girl. Like that's, doesn't it feel amazing to get a lovely text it from is. a girl? It, it is. Nice. <laughs> it is nice. just like and, one and, text. And we started the service, guys. Uh, you can just, we'll send a text to you. And you <laughs> Sign name up. What, what, yeah, text his number. 99 here. cents a text. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so. saves our businesses after a crypto crash. <laughs> Some that's hotline. True. Yeah, after the crypto. I'm taking a mental break from talking about crypto. Okay, that's okay. good. But Healthy. we are going to talk about it. No. <laughs> well, that's beautiful and it's so true. And I guess that is the reason why I... Because I'm in it now for eight years, which sounds crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, eight years ago I met James. Mm -hmm. Eight years ago I started doing approaches. Eight years ago I offered my skills in order to get coaching in return. Yeah, and so what, that is one of the more interesting stories. Uh, you know, like I said, I've met, you've just said, I've met a lot of people, all kinds of people. Mm -hmm. But uh, 
when some it, it's rare that you get to watch someone just uh, start from just saying, zero. hey, I want to like zero and I'm willing to, you know, yeah, you were basically following the Gary V thing. Offer them something and yeah. get in the door. Right? Yeah, he was an inspiration. Yeah. Gary yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. So you I love seeing D-Rock on the street of New York last time I was there. I was like D-Rock. And he was like giving me. It's kind of synchronistic when you really crazy. think about your your beginning yeah. there, because that really w kind of probably it's was one weird. of the teachers that got you to to yeah. make that first. Hey, guys, I'll come and uh, so weird. I'll come and offer my services if I can. What? Just just be around or. Sideline, I don't know if you guys know who D-Rock is. If you know Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, he's like this marketing guy, but he's all about content, putting out content. And then there was this guy, D-Rock, who was his camera guy. So not just his camera guy, he was his all-time 24-7 following Gary V around camera guy, mm. which was special at the time. That was like five, six years ago where vlogging, you know, Gary, uh, Casey Neistat was vlogging. Oh, right. But like a CEO having a guy constantly film himself, that was new. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I can be the D-Rock for James because people yeah. want to know what James's day is like. Yeah. Um, and then last time when I was in New York, a guy crossed the street and I was like, why do I know this face? And I realized it's D-Rock. And then the next day I even texted you that. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about D-Rock and then literally I walked one block, I crossed the street, I looked to the left and he's sitting on a moped. Mm. And I'm like, D-Rock! And he just does like this. And I was like, so weird. Like, I manifested wow. him onto that moped. And he had a girl with him, didn't he? Yeah, he had a hot girl with him. So, it, yeah, that's what kept me going because I've been now coaching for four years, which is by far not as long as you've been coaching. But that, just like that beauty of that whole thing and how how incredible it is as a coach, in my opinion, to help people understand that and get results mm. is what keeps me doing it because obviously you know i'm a smart guy i'm analytical i like building things i like building systems i'm quite entrepreneurial i could probably make more money with something else right i could build a trading system mm. i could hire four programmers who code algorithmic algorithmic algorithms algorithmic algorithmic trading bots Mm. Uh, I could a lot of guys don't go into scam. logistics. A lot of guys don't that scam. I could go into drop shipping. Yeah, yeah some of the, no. some of that scams. No, right? but I mean no. But, but I would crush it if I would do it. I would be good at it. But, but you, I keep yeah. doing this. Um, but so, you can do that though. Yeah, I don't want to. What do you, why do you doing? Why are you doing this racket? Because it feels beautiful well, to it do does. it. Yeah, it really does. Uh, yeah. What kept you going? How long have you been coaching for? I've been coaching literally for 15 years. I started in 2007. Yeah. By 2009, I got in the New York Times. That's when I had that wow. beautiful, and that was, you know. I, lo I love those photos. Yeah, those beautiful the photos. Yeah. That guy who won a Pulitzer Prize. Wow. Yeah, not necessarily for those photos, but just for all his photos. Yeah. So 2007, what got you into it? What made you realize? Because there's a lot of dudes who are good with women, right? Like the guy you mentioned. It was as simple as this. Uh I had found this social freedom, yeah, and I and I was, you know, I became obsessed somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. Somewhere in there, I found my own thing. In fact, and just to go back to John Garrett, at one point, I met up with John Garrett again. Over the years, we kept in touch, and I met up with again, and I and I started to show him all the things I learned, and I started telling him what I thought was wrong with his game. <laughs> it was interesting, like, yeah, you know, because he because he was because I even said. Uh, 
he, he, he in some ways was like, to me, it's an art I would never want to show anybody. He wouldn't teach me anything. Mm. I just realized, though, from practicing on my own what he was doing, he was making observations. Uh, which make, uh, he was a master of making observations. Yeah. He was a master observer, as uh, all artists are. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's what I became, a master observer. Like, master observer in aisle four, and then boom. And then uh, he was also, and this is important, he was a great storyteller. So, for example, he really, when I, I look back and I just think back, I don't have recordings of him doing yeah. it. I just remember sitting, we'd be, we're sitting on Rodeo Drive. You know what that is? That's in, at like a coffee shop. Yeah. That's like in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful woman sits down over here. We're just sitting. He's a, I'm here. He's here. She's there. And he just throws a little lob, like a little fishing line off to the side. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's hooking her in. And uh, then he's, but he always had a story, story like, about his interests and passions, tennis, uh, filmmaking, whatever it was. He had all, he had his identity out. He was, he always shared about himself. And he, mm -hmm. and it wasn't just like a shtick. He just had, had a fluidity about, he knew who he was. And he had his, and he really was, it wasn't bullshitting, he was great at tennis, he was, he, he was things he was really interested in, right. and they would all, he also was interested in politics, and he was able to share it in a non-toxic way. So he was an interesting guy. He was an interesting guy who mm. lived an interesting life. important, right? Yeah. Become an interesting guy. Yes. He became an interesting guy. However, he had been rich, but he had lost all his money. Okay. But he managed still to keep his confidence and still be able to talk to it and not be knocked down by it. Yeah. yeah. So during this one time period, I got quite obsessed. Yeah. And I think in order to become great at something, you have to become a fanatic. Mm -hmm. And for a little while... Or for maybe a long while, I was a fanatic. Like I gave up all friends that weren't interested. That were like, if anybody was saying, "Hey, come to our dinner party with my girlfriend," nah, to go do this, anything, and it also became for me a solo mission. Mm -hmm. Like anything else was in my way. So I was hell bent because it was I was getting high from it. Yeah. I was hell bent on breaking through every social barrier. It started ever so small with me. You know, one of my first approaches, like in the in the day, this is true. Back to Law and Order. I had an audition for Law and Order. I had a paper script. I had some shitty sales job. I hated. I was in a suit that was ill-fitting and, and I and I was standing on a and it was like hot and I was sweating. I was standing. Uh, out near this Law and Order studio, and uh, I had this script, and I was looking at the lines, and some hot girl walked by, and I said, "Hey, like really, you know, it's completely uncalibrated. Hey, can you help me run these lines?" <laughs> yeah. And she she literally giggled, said, "Nice line," and kept walking. I was like, no, no, I'm serious. I have a thing, you know? <laughs> and uh, uh, she just blew me. Why blew do you think that one didn't me. work? Because you were not authentic? or I was authentic yeah. because I just didn't. Uh, I mean, she did stop and said, give me, basically uh, uh -huh. told me, she just thought I was trying to pick her up. But, right. And I didn't have any, uh, any way to transition or any map to go and, and then get her phone number. Or I didn't have any, uh, thing, any idea what to do next. Right. You know, I just threw that out there. Just try to hook her. All right. Yeah. But it was, and then that was, became an idea. You know? <laughs> so I tried that a few more times. And then, um, and then it just became like, uh, if anyone ever studied B.F. Skinner, uh, it's one, the, one of the, I studied it in college. Basically, B.F. Skinner is the guy who created behavior modification. Mm -hmm. You uh, can change, you can modify your own behavior, right? You so you can change people's behaviors, like quit smoking or get up and start doing push-ups or whatever it is. So right. I just 
took this approach of I'm going to, and one of the techniques called fading, I want to fade myself past my anxiety, which was great. When I was approaching women, it was like a lot of resistance, you know? So I would just start. Now it may seem boring, but no one told me how to do it. I was just like, how can I do this? So I was just like, just do small things. So it would be like, hey, I like your shoes. They're blue, you know? <laughs> or you know, I'd yeah. probably be better at it than that. Or, well, that's, a, you know, the old dog thing, anything, you know? Yeah. Your dog, whatever. Or, hey, uh, uh, can can you tell me how to get to the Whole Foods? Or even though I lived a block away from it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> whatever it was, I would just do stuff like that and walk away. I wasn't even trying to get into a conversation. And then I would escalate the challenge. Like, mm-hmm. okay, now I have to figure out a way to transition. And then I have to talk about myself uh, in the conversation. I have to ask about her. I have to give her a compliment. And that was all... Uh, without YouTube content or books. No, this was just me figuring out. And then I came up with the idea that then there became this like three-week period where I was like, I have to get rejected five times every day. Right. This is all in my, because I just kept building it up. I just kept realizing, I kept feeling the freedom. So you coached yourself. I coached myself. Yeah. And I remember uh, one, there was, I don't remember this one very specific because I had five-day rule and I was a fanatic and I was being, I was as disciplined as Alex would be. (laughs) And and it was like 11.59 and I was on a subway uh, going back home uh, to the Upper West Side and there was a girl who wasn't that attractive. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, at this point, I was a health fanatic. I would only eat raw vegan. I was like perfect skin, shining bright. And uh, there was this girl who looked like she just uh, hung out, you know, like a regular, you know, American looking, uh, you know, she eats, eats like shit and sweating beer out of her pores. Whatever it was, I just remember looking at her. But I had one more girl to ask out. Mm-hmm. So, so we were talking. I could tell she didn't like me. I didn't like her. But I said, hey, we should hang out, you know. And she was like, ah, ah. But I got five in a day. The point oh, yeah. was, I remember that. It was a rough one, too, because I really wanted to. Uh-huh. I was asking five-hour girls out a day to get past my ego. Mm-hmm. Literally, I identify I have an ego problem. I'm afraid of being rejected. It's bullshit. It's a lie. And I just kept pushing myself past it with this power of now stuff. Eckhart Tolle, get Pat, burn up, burn up your ego in the face of Have rejection. Have you been into spirituality back then already? Yeah, it was already in. Okay. I would actually was say that helpful? That was everything. Uh-huh. I'll tell you why. Because I had already read the book, The Power of Now, no joke, uh, audio. I used to drive around in sales job listening hundreds of times. It wow. changed my life. And, uh, and, it, and in that audio, it, uh, in the book, it would, he would say, you know, like, the more you do this, the more your circumstances will change. Uh, there is no problem in the now. I didn't particularly like the circumstance. It was okay, you know. I was in this driving around in the sales job, driving around in traffic in the city and thinking, uh, you know, living paycheck to paycheck. Uh, and I used to think, uh, well, I don't know how I'll get out of this, but I'm going to believe in what this guy's saying. And I kept doing it and doing it. And then I really got, became super present. And then I looked at approaching strangers as a way to be in the now. It's like, how do I practice being in the now? How can I bring the now by connecting with people? So that what that did was give me a super objective. Mm-hmm. The objective is, is meet girl, get date, get laid, get girlfriend, right? The super objective was is transcend your ego. So every time I say hi to her, just say hi. I've already won. I'm tra- I've, re- I've transcended resistance. I've transcended that voice that tells me, tells me I'm not enough or whatever, tells me to be afraid. I transcended the, the, the feeling of, that's weighing on my chest and I pushed through it. Uh, 
I am now more John Keegan than I was before, just one moment before. And that's became my whole thing. And then I'm in the conversation and there's a little voice saying, she's being nice. That's enough. Get out mm-hmm. of here. One more time, I push. Do you think Eckhart Tolle would be good at picking up girls? I bet you. You know, he he has found a way to attract uh, beautiful people and things of all ways, all yeah. walks of life. Uh, I'm sure he would. Uh, if you've ever seen him live, no, I, I don't think he'd be uh, running uh, down any streets or anything. Uh, his presence is extremely powerful. Okay. For example, one time I saw him live at the Beacon Theater in New York. Mm-hmm. That's a big theater. Rolling Stones play there. You know, it's a big place and uh, the theater was packed with people of all walks of life it wasn't like some hippie conference or something it was doctors it was lawyers it was me it was you it was you it was all of us he attracts everyone and this little man in like a, I don't know almost like a Mr. Rogers sweater <laughs> came on the stage with a single old wooden chair put it in the middle of the stage that was it in my mind I remember that day I was uh, kind of anxious and my mind was racing and I just so happened that someone said I had an extra ticket, you want to come? And I said, and I came. <laughs> and I sat in there, immediately my mind stilled, like still. Everyone's mind stilled. Every breath he took, we were with him. And then he would just laugh really weirdly and you were just, every laugh, like I never, you never saw anyone so present in your life. Yeah. And seduction means to bring in to pull inward. He's a master seducer. Everybody was in. Wow. You see. Yeah. So through that process of coaching yourself, I assume at some point you realized maybe that's how you, was there like a, because usually things have to get worse to get better. So was there maybe a time where you didn't have money and you're like, hey, maybe I should earn some money teaching other guys or how, what, what was your first client well yeah no that, that's a good question <laughs> uh, the truth is is yeah I was uh, there was a year period where I had uh, saved enough money and I had quit my job and it was dwindling and then I realized and I had already you know uh, it Working for other people and these corporations and things, it didn't, or any kind of job, it just wasn't my idea of who John Keegan was. I was going to be an artist. And the idea of me being an actor even was is that I was going to be successful. You know, I was going to have money and women mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> and uh, everyone's going to love me and everything, you know. This what the Dangerous. The, yeah, the idea, I, I was, what I was living wasn't that, you know. Yeah. I was literally, uh, I haven't talked about, I was living in a hoarder's lair. I lived in a cool neighborhood, but I literally li- had a room and a guy who hoarded. He had a big <laughs> old apartment and I got this one room in there, you know, it was like. It was like the movie Seven, bringing a girl back on the set of the movie Seven or something. Mm-hmm. But, and I did. No, I was running out of money, and a friend of mine said, why don't you teach guys how to do what you're doing? Right. Because I, I would, like, at that time, I was so obsessed. I could walk down the street, and uh, I would, like, get off on opening every table at the restaurant. Wow. I was just obsessed. It was like, <laughs> I just couldn't, I, I was felt like uh, I never felt so free. Mm-hmm. And I was having so much fun that it, that it was working, you know? And uh, I said, oh, I don't want to do that. I'm going to be an actor and this and that. And he said, okay, well, how's that working out? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so finally, uh, I did then just take his advice, and Craigslist was a thing already. Oh, yeah, okay. and I wasn't uh, like you. I wasn't very tech savvy at all. In fact, uh, putting that on Craigslist was about as good as it was going to get. Mm. And I put a simple ad on Craigslist. It said something like, uh, "Awaken to a new reality. Learn uh, to." Uh, 
meet her anywhere and everywhere. That's a good copy. Yeah, something like that. Mm. And the idea was is I'm going to teach people to, how to meet people in a conscious way. But I didn't know who was going to respond to such a thing. And I just called myself Awaken. Oh, you know, that's like, just as a nickname, Awaken. Yeah, Awaken. Mr. Awaken. Yeah, like that. <laughs> like, I didn't, because I just, like, you know, it was all new to me, too. Like, am I creepy? Are they creepy? Who's creepy? <laughs> yeah, you know, everyone thinks everybody's creepy, I yeah. guess. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, uh, so I put it on there, and they, uh, somebody responded. And it was actually a cool guy wow. who was a director of True Life MTV. Yeah, he, he wasn't trying to do a series on me, but he literally, that was his job. Wow. And I took him uh, through some... Again, a guy who you would think would have a lot of access to cool women because he's a director, MTV, right? I mean, all those dudes where you think they should have figured it out. They should have figured it out, but Mm. uh, he was still trying to figure it out. Yeah. And we took a walk through Central Park. And I, I, you know, that was like I hadn't coached before and whatever. I was just like went through there like a storm. He never saw anything like it. Uh, and, and then he said, uh, you shouldn't call yourself awake and you saw yourself amazing. <laughs> Joking around. Huh? It was like that. And then he gave it. And I said, how much do you want? I said, I'll give me a hundred bucks. That was it. Nice. That's how it started. But I remember that guy gave me a hundred bucks. I felt so good. I was like, I just came up with this idea. I walked through the park having fun. And this guy gave me a hundred bucks. I couldn't yeah. believe it. So that's how it started very small yeah. and then it kept building and then because of the, the climate of like the the pickup world was uh, happening simultaneously things like that these guys were writing in these forums about me oh and that's really and then i wasn't writing in the forums i had yeah uh, it's not something wow I was so you had followers already like you have a little little called yeah a little, little cult started to happen in new york and then guys were coming to new york but like hey i want to work with you or this and that i didn't even have a website hmm. and then um but somehow it was happening and that and that could happen back then see that's before Twitter, must have been people going Facebook. like there's this guy in New York he's amazing it, yeah. how can I reach him I don't know he doesn't even have yeah. a website it, it, it makes it even more yeah and, what's, like, and then one guy would hit one of those guys and then he'd say hey I found this guy on this thing these guys were in their own little thing now we have to make like 10 TikToks a day to even get recognized by one dude that, <laughs> it's like, really true yeah so I, I was just kind of like it's kind of like there was a world before all that stuff and I just happened to be and, and was in anything like my ex-girlfriend's a model. She was uh, a well-known model before all of those things, and she still doesn't need them. Mm-hmm. You know, but all the new girls have to be on that shit all day. You know? Yeah. But like, there was a world that actually was like a, a simpler world before. You know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, long. St- but long story short, I kept at it, and and I started. I never had to work for anyone ever again. So first, it was that first for me. That was my first real freedom. Right. I, okay, I'm free. And then one day some guy said, so that's how it started. And then over the years I got better and better at coaching. And I could tell a million stories about how this happened or how that happened. But then I just, you know, started to take all my spiritual things and this and that. And I, and I came up with this idea of the awakened lifestyle. And then I realized uh, there's all different kinds of people. And, and I w- I'm really a master of it, making analogies and I can communicate with anyone. Mm-hmm. And most guys didn't want to hear me talk about the spiritual stuff. Right. They just wanted to learn that. Just so, show me how to get yeah, the pussy. This is New York City. Like, yeah. teach me, you know, what I'm trying to do. You're a dating yeah. coach, right? Yeah. So I didn't even call myself a dating coach at first. You know, I just didn't know how to define anything. Right. But the world told me this is what you are and this is what this is what we want. And then I just started focusing in on that more and more and uh, making a, a program that helps people change from the inside out, change their beliefs, change with the way they feel about themselves, change the way they see the world, and then being able to and it, 
create these new habits. So from the outside in, have, be able to break the ice, be able to have a conversation and have a process and a system as simple as meeting and connect with women anywhere and everywhere. And connecting is the biggest part. This is like really making a connection where she feels greater around you. Yeah. You feel great about you being you with her or any of her. And then you also feel great about your dating set, you know, date, how to be a date, mm. how to, you know, all those little things we deal with. Which is, which is such a different approach to the whole thing than how can I spike her emotions or show her I'm an alpha, right? It's like right. me, 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 her, her. Uh, it's like, because yeah, if, if the connecting part works, everything else of, but how do I escalate or how do I, you know, make her text me back or what's the one text that gets a reaction? All that gets put into place anyway, right? If she feels right. a connection, mm. if she feels better, literally that, if she feels better because you're there, Everything else will follow. She will want to text you back. She will want to come on a date. She will want to touch you. She will want to go to the bedroom with you. Yes. Such a different approach. You know, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, we connected the way we connected, but also why we're friends. Because we're not those kind of guys. Mm. You know, we can have, you know, not that we're not displaying alpha behavior or whatever that is, but I mean, meaning we're definitely leaders of our big own dick life. energy. Definitely big dick energy. <laughs> no doubt. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The Natural TV. See you on the next episode.